Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. The story of Jonah and the whale is one of the earliest Bible stories we learn. All of us have read some adorable children's Bible to our kids, which includes a picture of a big, blue, open-mouthed whale with a tiny man inside. In these children's Bibles, it is the story of how God saves Jonah, a faithful man, from drowning by gobbling him up. It's cute. It's how we all learn the story of Jonah. Except, that's not what the story of Jonah is really about. Jonah is only four chapters long, but it packs a lot of story into those four chapters. Jonah is picked by God to prophesy to the horrible people of Nineveh. Nineveh was the flourishing capital of the Assyrian Empire, and the Assyrians were enemies of the Jews. They were known as a brutal people, a cruel people, and Nineveh was at the center of it. A huge city that would take three days to walk across. Nineveh was a wicked city and worthy of God's destruction. So when God calls to him to go to Nineveh and tell them to repent or burn, Jonah runs the other way. Jonah has many reasons for running, but they all revolved around the same thing. What if Jonah succeeded as a prophet? And convince Nineveh to repent. First, Jonah hated the Ninevites and wanted to see them wiped off the face of the earth. It is exactly what the people of Nineveh deserved for being a wicked and sinful people. Second, the Jews at this time had their own struggles. Many a prophet had been sent to the Jewish people, telling them to repent of their evil ways. And they hadn't really gotten the message yet. And the Jewish people had been punished time and time again. They paid for those sinful ways. Why would Jonah want to go to these Gentiles and watch them do what Israel couldn't? Repent. And third, if he went to the people of Nineveh and warned them they would be destroyed, and then they repented and were not destroyed, Jonah would be seen as a false prophet because his prophecy that the people of Nineveh would be wiped off the face of the earth, did not come true. Jonah had many reasons for not wanting to follow God's call. So he tries to run to Tarshish by way of a boat. Sometimes when God calls us, we can choose to say no. But God pursued Jonah. God hurled up a great wind on the sea. The sailors, fearing death, started praying and casting lots to see who it was that made God angry. The lot, of course, falls on Jonah. He admits to disobeying God and offers to be thrown overboard so the rest of the ship can live. The sailors take him up on this offer, and the sea becomes still. The sailors were even converted after seeing the power of Jonah's God. Enter the whale, the part we all know. Our merciful God did not want to kill Jonah. He wanted Jonah to do his will. So a great fish gobbles Jonah up and gives him some time, three days, in fact, to think about his options. Clearly, God wasn't going to let him just say no. 
So what choice did he have? He agreed to go to Nineveh. And then he does what every petulant child does. The bare minimum. Nineveh should take three days to cross. Jonah spent one day there. He yells out one line. Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And then he leaves town to claim his spot on a hill far away and watch the people be destroyed. But amazingly, Jonah's half-hearted prophesying worked. The people are converted. The king is convinced the threat from God is real. And the call to repentance, genuine. So what do they do? They fast. They put on sackcloth and absurdly even dress their animals in sackcloth. They not only make a show of their repentance, they are truly repentant. God sees their hearts and they are changed. So God changes his mind and does not bring calamity down upon them. And Jonah is ticked. This was everything he feared would happen. Jonah is legitimately mad because you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. Jonah is offended by the deepness of God's mercy. Jonah is hurt by the breadth of God's grace. And that's how the story ends. Jonah's anger burning in his heart, his anger against God and the Ninevites, while his face burns in the sun. It's not a good look for one of the only truly successful prophets of the Lord. We can hear this story and how the lectionary writers pieced parts of the story together in our first reading for today and see that our God is a merciful God. Our God is a loving God. And God's love is inclusive, not exclusive. As God says to Jonah, Should I not be concerned about Nineveh, the great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also so many animals? God cares for his creation, and as awful as they've been, he loves the Ninevites. As we discussed last week, God loves every single one of you, and he loves every single one of them. But Jonah cannot reconcile this kind of mercy with the sense of justice he feels in his heart. The Ninevites come from a long line of evil, sinful people who have done evil, sinful things. And just like that, they're forgiven. They've done nothing to earn this mercy from God. Heck, they just discovered God. They are not paying for their sins. They are not suffering in proportion to the suffering they have caused. And Jonah is not alone. We are not perfect beings. We want to think we can think objectively outside of ourselves to establish what is just. We call for people to get what they deserve, to receive the consequences of their actions. But very quickly, that sense of justice we feel in our heart, that call for fairness, can become warped by the emotions we feel. And that call for justice becomes a call for vengeance. And vengeance is not Christian. Vengeance is a human desire. And we are told not to pursue it. For it is written, 
Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. We do believe in a perfect God, a God of perfect justice. But when we stand before the judgment seat of God, will you ask for justice? Will you ask for exactly what you deserve for all of the good and all of the bad you have done on this earth and in your heart? Do you hope that God is keeping a tally of every time you came to church or every time you ignored a call for help or every time you yelled at someone who turned right from the left lane in traffic? Will you ask God for justice or will you ask him for mercy? For forgiveness that is undeserved. For love that cannot be earned. For grace so big and deep and wide that it covers for every sin and wickedness you have ever even conceived of in your heart. Because I don't know about you, but I am really counting on that offensive grace of God. We can see God's mercy clearly displayed in his dealings with the Ninevites. God sends a prophet to show them the error of their ways. The people see their wickedness and ask for forgiveness. And God forgives them. But what is a little more hidden is God's mercy when it comes to Jonah. Jonah is disobedient over and over again. And God gives him chance after chance After chance, he sends a whale to save Jonah from drowning. When Jonah is pouting on the hill because Nineveh has not been wiped off the face of the earth, God causes a bush to grow up and shade Jonah's head while he tries to convince Jonah that even the Ninevites are worthy of saving. And Jonah continually turns away from God. He tries to run from God in the beginning. He barely prophesies to the people of Nineveh. He becomes angry with God for not smiting them. And then he becomes angry with God for trying to convince him he shouldn't be mad. We don't hear whether Jonah ever repented for his disobedient and sinful behavior. But we do know that if Jonah ever does come around, God will be waiting with open arms to welcome him back. Jonah is not a story about evil people turned good, or a reluctant prophet. Jonah is the story about a God so loving, so merciful, that he can forgive both. Jonah is the story of a God that is all about second and third and fourth chances. And Jonah is the story of radical mercy, of undeserved love, and of offensive grace. God never gives up on us. And no matter what sins we commit, no matter the harm we've done, he is always ready to forgive us and show us mercy that we humans could not even fathom. So when you kneel before the judgment seat of God, will you ask for justice for you and your fellow men? Or will you ask for mercy? Amen.